0: K-A-S-T I there. the ending yeah, it's alright good on yeah. you yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast remember we don't spell it with a C we spell it with a K so you might take it easy Welcome to another episode of Headlines brought to you by the MLW Radio Network and the Front Row Material brand for Thursday, June the 30th, 2022. Headlines is your one-stop shop podcast where you can get all your wrestling information in one place. We stop you from having to go all over the website and social media to get all of your wrestling news. It's a one-stop shop daily podcast that is available free wherever you get your podcasts. With that being said, let's go ahead and let's get right into the headlines. Andrew Ravens is writing in at this hour that there may be some changes coming to J. Jim Ross' involvement in AEW. Now there might be some changes coming from good old JR when it comes to his commentary in AEW. He stated that Sunday's New Japan AEW Forbidden Door pay-per-view was one that he might not get a chance to be a part of. Now at Forbidden Door, Ross only called the final four matches of the show alongside Excalibur and Taz and New Japan's Kevin Kelly. The three other announcers were at the show for the entire time. Now Ross's role at the desk during that pay-per-view was limited and it looks like some things might be limited. Limited again moving forward now as far as dynamite is concerned the announced team for the first hour is excalibur taz and tony Schiavone. ross replaced Schiavone for blood and guts in the match for the second hour if you'd like to find out more about what's going on with jim ross and finding out if there's going to be any other moves with the announcing team continue to stay followed to e-wrestling news and andrew ravens will have more trending on this ryan clark has an article trending as of right now report of santana that was injured during blood and guts match which aired on ew dynamite santana might have sustained an injury during the blood and guts match that headlined Wednesday's AEW Dynamite. Now, several fans in attendance saw that it appeared that the proud and powerful member suffered a severe knee injury while performing a move. Now, following the spot, he did not return to the match. Those fans in attendance say Santana was checked out by AEW officials by ringside. Now, as of right now, we still do not know exactly what the extent of his injuries are, but stay tuned to this and we will find out more information regarding what his injury status may once again, AEW had a big show last night. It was not only dynamite, but it was the second installment of blood and guts. Ryan Clark is writing some AEW news today. Check out Sammy Guevara's latest vlog. Now, this episode features some backstage footage from this past Sunday's AEW New Japan Forbidden Door pay-per-view, as well as he is backstage with Danhausen. Also, you can check out this week's of AEW Unrestricted podcast, and it is very, very interesting between Tony Schiavone and Aubrey Edwards. If you'd like to find out more about what's going on, definitely continue to follow Ryan Clark as he has more information on Sammy Guevara and Aubrey Edwards and Tony Schiavone. Continuing to talk about the AEW announcing desk, last night Taz says a fake fan was seeking an autograph and confused him with Wardlow. AEW commentator Taz took to Twitter today to share a funny story about a fake fan who was seeking an autograph at a hotel following last night's Dynamite and Rampage TV tapings that took place in Detroit, Michigan. According to the human suplex machine himself, A fan confused him with Wardlow, and he wrote this. Fake fan at the hotel last night approached me with a huge stack of wrestling trading cards and asked me for my autograph. I said, no, you're going to sell these. He said, no, sir, and he hands me a card to sign. It said Wardlow. He says, oh, oh, sorry, what's your name again? I told him to F off. It was such good times. For More information on this, continue to read the article that Ryan Clark has posted right now over on eWrestling News. Let's talk about the viewership for last night's AEW Dynamite and Rampage tapings. Wednesday night's episode of AEW Dynamite on TBS has pulled in 1,023,000 viewers. It was up from last week's show, which was 868,000. Now that was the go-home show before the big New Japan AEW Forbidden Door pay-per-view. Now they drew a 0.36 in the 18-49 to demo, which was up from last week's 0.31. It was Dynamite's highest total viewership since March 23rd and its highest in the demo of 18-49 to since June 1st. Now AEW Dynamite ranked number one in the top 150 shows on cable last night. Brandon Thurston of WrestleNomics reported all of those numbers. For more information on the analytics continue following Andrew Ravens as he will give you more information on that. Road Dogg is making news today. The Road Dog is admitting that he was actually jealous of The Rock but he's since have made amends. During a recent appearance on Insight with Chris Van Vliet podcast, WWE Hall of Famer Brian Road Dogg James commented on his battles with addiction over the years and trying to make amends with wrestlers that he may have rubbed the wrong way. Additionally, Rodog admitted to being very jealous of The Rock and revealed why their relationship was the way it was and where it stands now. Now, specifically on why he was so jealous of The Rock and what made amends with him. He said, In the program of recovery that I follow, there was one thing that we always need to make sure we do, making amends and doing our part to make things better. The Rock was one of them for me. I was always mean to him because I was jealous of him. He was a threat to me because he could do everything I could do, but he looked freaking great too. And at that point in my life, that bothered me. You know what I mean? I was so afraid of that. So I treated him horribly in front of everyone all the time. And I just want to say thank you for the way he behaved. And he was so nice to me. I don't know if he forgives me for any of that stuff. That's actually none of my business. But... I do want to clean up my side of the street and do as much as I can do to say that. Now on the last time he saw The Rock he would go on to say in a quote, He came to the performance center when I was down there and spoke and watched some matches and stuff. We still get along. On how making amends helps him. Road Dog would go on to say, well, it helps me. It helps me lay my head on my pillow at night, and I do dig myself out of things that I put myself in, and they are merely all my fault. But now, digging myself out, it makes things easier to sleep at night. If you'd like to find out more about what Road Dog said, Ryan Clark has this article trending right now over on eWrestling News. Let's talk a little NXT. There are three matches announced for tomorrow's night episode of WWE NXT Level Up. Ryan Clark is reporting at this hour. WWE.com has announced three matches for tomorrow's night episode of WWE NXT Level Up. Now we have Javier Bernal versus Duke Hudson, Channing Lorenzo versus Hank Walker, and Amari Miller versus Sloan Jacobs. For more information on this, definitely continue following E-Wrestling News and Ryan Clark if there are more matches to be added. Alan Angels finally issues a statement on his departure from AEW. Many fans know that the Dark Order member has not been on TV recently, and and has been subject of many questions regarding his status within the company. As eWrestling News has been reporting, The Dark Order's Angels actually took to Twitter to let people know about the speculation regarding his future. It was reported that Angels' AEW contract would be expiring at the end of the month, and it would not be renewed. Alan Angels posted a statement today to confirm his departure from the company. It said the following, As of June the 30th, my AEW contract has expired. I am nothing but grateful for the two years I spent there. I love AEW. It was and is the best place to work. I got to work and wrestle with some of the best wrestlers in the world on a weekly basis, as well as travel to some of the most amazing cities and meet some of the best best fans in the world. There are no hard feelings between myself and AEW or Tony Khan. I had a great time there, and I would have loved to stay, but I'm extremely excited for what's my future in pro wrestling. I'm 24, and I look at this as my wrestling career is just beginning. Now I get to show everyone how really good I am. I'm going to grind harder than I ever have before. I'm going to make as many towns as I can and meet as many fans as I can and wrestle as much as i can until i'm considered one of the best going today thank you for all your support and kind words and i hope you all continue to follow me in my journey for more information on this continue to follow e-wrestling news as they will give you the latest of what's happening with allen angels host his AEW release. Let's go ahead and let's talk about, Sonya Deville reveals that coming out is gay. Now, many wrestlers know that coming out is a very difficult thing. Sometimes fans do show great deal of support, sometimes there is some negativity as well. Now, during an appearance on Busted Open Radio earlier this week, WWE superstar Sonya Deville commented on being open with her sexuality and whether she's experienced any negativity in WWE since she came out several years ago on an episode of Tough Enough. Here's what she had to say. I think I'm the first openly gay female in WWE. I know Darren Young was the first male who had come out and well he shared his story and laid the groundwork for me. I think the environment has changed a lot and I've never had any negative experiences backstage or within the company. I can honestly say that. For more information on Sonya Deville, Ryan Clark right now has that article trending at this hour over on eWrestling News. Bianca Belair talks a little bit about injuries. During a recent appearance on Sports Illustrated's Laced Up podcast, WWE Raw Women's Champion Bianca Belair was asked about whether she believes she would be able to be a wrestle with a torn pec muscle, similar to what Cody Rhodes did last month at Hell in a Cell. Additionally, Belair commented on not coming from the wrestling world before joining WWE. Now, here's what she said on not coming from the wrestling world before she joined WWE. She would go on to say, and I quote, I don't try to take offense because I didn't come from the WWE world, you know? I didn't grow up watching wrestling. I never aspired to be a WWE superstar. I wanted to be an Olympic track athlete. I wanted to be an Olympic gymnast. I was an athlete my entire life. So I understand how it is looking on the inside. But now that I'm on the inside in WWE, I am a WWE superstar through and through. All I gotta say is, athletes Put some respect to your name. It's really cool when I had the opportunity to main event WrestleMania 37. I was the first black woman to able, be able to main event a WrestleMania, and we won an ESPY for that match, and we got recognized in the sports world as if we're changing the game. I want to continue to be a part of that. I want to be part of changing the game because it's not just to being a superstar. We're not just wrestlers. We're athletes. We're actors. We're entertainers. We're icons. We're representatives. We're activists. We're doing it all. If you'd like to find out more about what she had to say about injuries and what her impact in WWE is. Ryan Clark has that article trending right now over on E-Wrestling News. DDP is making headlines today. DDP reveals whether he knew Wardlow would be a huge star in the business or not. During the latest edition of the DDP Snake Pit Podcast, Diamond Dallas Page spoke about knowing that Wardlow would be a huge star for All Elite Wrestling following a match Mr. Mayhem himself had with Cody Rhodes way back in 2020. He would go on to say, Cody told me that the match he had with Wardlow, first time when I saw Wardlow. Wow, that kid stepped up I knew he was going to be in that spot one day and guess what took that spot it's something that's just instinctive with certain people. He's learning it as he's going. Cody told me they didn't talk at all. I was like, what? If you'd like to find out more about what DDP has to say about Wardlow and his feelings about his futures, Brandon Ewing has that article trending right now over on E! Wrestling news. WWE superstar Becky Lynch is also making news today. Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins are currently the two top stars in WWE and they found a lot of success having multiple title reigns. Now Lynch celebrated their one year anniversary of marriage to Rollins recently on instagram they had their wedding one year ago with their daughter who lynch gave birth to back in december of 2020 lynch took to her instagram to show several never before seen wedding photos she wrote in the caption one year ago i married the greatest man i've ever known at wwe rollins now several wrestling stars were quick to offer their congratulations and comments such as kayla braxton sent love heart emojis and tj wilson said love you guys so happy for you now both lynch and rollins will be competing in their respective Money in the Bank ladder matches coming up this upcoming Saturday night. If you'd like to see some of these photos, definitely cruise on over to eWrestling News and Andrew Ravens has that article trending right now. Let's talk a little Jonathan Gresham. Jonathan Gresham versus Takeshita has been added to Terminus's three card. Now, Terminus has been announced as a match between Gresham and Takeshita for their third event, which will be happening on July 21st in Atlanta, Georgia. Now, the two matches so far is the match we just mentioned and and then we will also have Masa Slamovic versus Queen Aminsta as well for that card. Now, if you want to find out more information on this card, definitely continue to follow Terminus, and you can follow that at Terminus.com. Pro. Once again, that is at Terminus Pro, and the event will be happening this July. Vince McMahon is making headlines right now. Vince McMahon wanted to make Road Dogg an executive, but he couldn't handle it. Andrew Ravens is writing at this hour. For several years, the Road Dog, Brian BG James, worked as a producer and writer in WWE before making it as the head writer of SmackDown. Then he went to the WWE's NXT, NXT brand 2.0 to become a coach and a producer. During his time in WWE, Road Dogg worked closely with Vince McMahon. While speaking to Chris Van insight, insight, Dogg discussed his relationship with Vince McMahon and had this to say. To be totally honest, there is no one there at all, Road Dog said. That is quite like Vince McMahon. There are so many lessons I've learned from Vince. That's why people say, Oh, you're not bitter? I got 10 years of a life experience flying on his jet, getting into limos with him, riding, listening, learning. One thing he said to me one time, and I'll never forget it, I came to him and said, So-and-so wants to say this in a promo. Uh, but is that how you want it to be written? Are you cool if they say it like that? He said. Doesn't get the point across. Yeah, I get it, Brian. It empowered me to be able to have those types of conversations with him, that he had so much trust in me. He told me that on a one-on-one basis. Sometimes he writes your promos and that he can't fully trust you, but then sometimes he definitely can, especially when it comes to doing live television. You gotta act accordingly when you tell them to do their promos. He didn't know if he could trust me yet at that point, so he said it to me verbatim. You sit under that learning tree. Sometimes you sit there until there is morning, and then you learn stuff, little stuff about the business. Not just about the business, but how to be professional and an executive. He had somebody coming to the office once a week and teaching me how to be an executive. He wanted to make me an executive, but that was on me. I couldn't handle it. To work with that man is difficult. It's not difficult because of who he is. It's not difficult because how he is. It's difficult because of who he is. He's a workaholic. He works all day and night. He's the first one up in the morning and the last one to go to bed. If you'd like to find out more about what Road Dogs had to say about his opportunity to become an executive, that just didn't happen. Continue following E-Wrestling News. Mick Foley's making headlines. Lines today, McFoley talks about his WrestleMania 20 match with The Rock and how disappointed he was. During a recent edition of Foley's pod, WWE Hall of Famer McFoley went into detail why he was disappointed with the WrestleMania 20 handicap match that featured him and The Rock teaming up to face evolution, which was Ric Flair, Batista, and Randy Orton. Now on fully teaming up with The Rock to face Evolution. I would go on the record as saying that no matter what the main event was declared and admitting that there were a couple of incredible matches on that card that didn't approach the terms of even being memorable. I thought The Rock and I teaming up against Evolution was important as anything on that card to the point where you go back and you watch the different Raws and the different matches, especially with Shawn Michaels. They're actually chanting my name before The Rock would come out. When The Rock returned to the venue outside of Atlanta, he came to the rescue and it was like the table was completely set. This was officially big time. Now why he was disappointed in himself heading into the match. He would go on to say, I was just so scared and I just wanted it to be over. It wasn't the classic Foley presentation and getting up for it. I couldn't have had my wish and have it go over without me participating. If I could just blink my eyes and say it was all over and do it all over again, maybe I would. I didn't have my mojo at that time, which is odd because in that building, that storyline, I did have mojo. I was just overwhelmed by the enormity of the moment. And again, The Rock and Ric Flair and Randy Orton and Dave batista they were all new into the business, but they had a few years on Randy and I just felt overwhelmed like I didn't belong there anymore. I don't want to overstate how disappointed I was in myself, but needless to say, I was very disappointed. If you'd like to find out more about what McFoley had to say, Brandon Ewing has that article trending right now over on eWrestling News. Michael Patrick Rogers has an article trending right now over on eWrestling News. Heir to the throne Stephanie McMahon to the rescue. Is this the case? It's been an interesting couple of weeks over at WWE headquarters as the writing of this Mr. Vincent Kennedy McMahon's daughter, Stephanie McMahon, has assured everyone that she can handle the job. As interim CEO and chairwoman, Stephanie can save WWE from going into oblivion. Now, can she? This is one thing that I would say. I don't really care what she does as far as the business side goes. I'll handle that when Vince comes back. What I'm interested in is that you should be more concerned as wrestling fans is the state of the creative side of WWE. This year has been absolutely horrible for WWE creative, in my opinion. There haven't been as good since the beginning of the pandemic, and we're doing the occasional cinematic match with no fans. The pandemic forced WWE to think outside the box, and it worked only for a little while. Now, for the last four or five months, I would say that I fast-forwarded 50% through 50% of Smackdown and I skipped about 40% of Raw each week and the pay-per-views didn't even get me started. They were all forgettable and very lackluster. And yeah, John Cena thing was cool, but it was rare and it was a one-off. Honestly, the most entertaining thing for me in Raw was Ezekiel at one point in time. I can tell you more about that. If you'd like to find out more about what Michael Patrick Rogers has to say about Stephanie McMahon, and if she is the one coming to the rescue for WWE, read this great article trending over on eWrestling News. William Regal comments on what makes Gunther a special talent for WWE. During a recent edition of the Gentleman Villain podcast, AEW star William Regal spoke about WWE superstar Gunther, who was also known as Walter, and went into detail on why Regal believes he is so special. Now, on what makes him special, in a quote he'd say, he knows what he is and he sticks to what he does best and he doesn't expose anything that he doesn't know how to do. He knows exactly what he's doing and what got him there and took a long time to figure it out for him. I remember having a tryout and he hadn't figured himself out at the time. And once he figured out who Walter was, now Gunther, he is perfect as a heavyweight lion. Now Han Gunther has perfected his in-ring style. He would say, meaning regal, my mentor taught me heavyweight should wrestle like either a lion or a tiger or maybe a cross between the two. And if you think that way of a wrestler should move, the way they attack, you're going to be a good wrestler because it makes perfect sense. Because there's an animal and there's some type of ferocious moves and strikes that people have to make at different moves, at different moments and speed. And a lot of wrestling movement is actually how cats would move with whatever opponent. Gunther has perfected it into being a perfect lion. He knows exactly how to be the lion, a heavyweight lion. And that's what he needs to do. He can stalk, talk, and prowl. If you'd like to find out more what William Regal had to say about Gunther being just the complete package right now in WWE. Check over on e News as this article is trending right now. Many people know what happened at Blood and Guts on AEW last night, but some people don't know what happened after the cameras stopped rolling. Well, after the live broadcast on last night's AEW Blood and Guts, the ring crew was cleaning up the ring and setting up for Rampage tapings. AEW President Tony Khan came down to thank the crowd and said he would love to bring a pay-per-view to Detroit someday. After the Rampage taping was over, Khan came back out one last time and shared a moment with orange cassidy john silver thunder rosa tony storm negative one and dan housen you can check out the video of this if you cruise on over to e news and brandon ewing has that right now trending. If you're enjoying this podcast, remember, it's your one-stop shop podcast. We're going to give you all the details of everything that's happening in the world of pro wrestling. Now, whether that's WWE, Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling, and New Japan Wrestling, we give you a comprehensive detail on everything so you can get back to your day. Headlines is a podcast that's free anywhere you find all your podcasts. Heading back to the headlines, Jeff Hardy ends up entering a not guilty plea to his felony DUI charges. Ryan Clark is writing at this hour, AEW star Jeff Hardy has officially entered a plea of not guilty for his DUI arrest that took place on June 13th. As we all know by now, Hardy was arrested of DUI, drugs, and alcohol, and it was his third offense in 10 years while driving with a license that has either been canceled, suspended, or revoked, and it was a violation of the restrictions that were placed on his driver's license. On June 28th, Hardy officially entered a plea of not guilty to the court systems. Now, Hardy will be arraigned on July the 5th at 2.30 p.m. The most serious charge of DUI, third offense in 10 years, is a felony and it's punishable up to five years. Years in prison. Now currently Hardy is out of jail on a $3,500 bond. He reportedly entered a rehab facility back on June 21st and is currently suspended indefinitely without pay from AEW. He will only be able to return to the company after he completes his treatment program and maintains his sobriety. You can check out the complete dash cam and body cam footage of Jeff Hardy's arrest over on eWrestling News. In the video you can see how badly Jeff Hardy was swerving back and forth on the highway before being pulled over. Once again you can catch all of the video footage if you cruise on over to e-wrestling news and Ryan Clark has that trending right now. Let's go ahead and let's talk a little bit about the Briscoes. Ryan Clark has this article trending right now on e-wrestling news. According to a report from PW Insider, the Briscoes are not expected to appear in Impact wrestling tapings against All Odds' pay-per-view. Now, the two were originally booked to team with the Good Brothers and James Storm to face off against Honor No More. Now, with that being said, the Briscoes' replacements will be announced at the end of tonight's Impact taping, which will be on Access TV. Next week, episode of Impact 60 will look at the best of CM Punk during his TNA Asylum era. Now, Impact Wrestling's Final Resolution 2000 pay-per-view will also be airing next Thursday at 3 p.m. on Access TV. For more information on this, continue to follow Ryan Clark as he will have more information on this. Let's go ahead and let's jump on over to our friends over at Wrestling Inc. Wrestling Inc. is another great site with great writers who can constantly bring you all the updated information. Let's talk a little bit about a feud that we had known once before, but there's a little bit more to be said about it now. Dominic D'Angelo is writing in inside the bizarre feud between Santino Marella and James E. Cornette. Now, former WWE star Santino Marella, also known as Anthony Corelli, and Jim Cornette have had their fair share of memorable exchanges over the years, despite the two barely crossing paths in the wrestling industry. As a matter of fact, Cornette and Corelli only have seen one another physically in person on two occasions. Once where Cornette slapped and kicked Corelli out of an Ohio Valley wrestling, and then again at a convention 12 years later when both of them saw each other again. Now, the first interaction, Cornette got fired from OVW, which Cornette later considered a blessing in disguise. The second time, it was a peace offering during a turning hostile situation. As things currently stand between the two, it seems that one man is up for bearing the hatchet while the other has little interest in reconciliation. Let's take a deeper look at the wider rivalry between the two. Now, Centino says it was all under a misunderstanding. According to him, he said it just boils down to miscommunication at the time. An OVW trainee had his younger daughter, now known as NXT star Ariana Grace, with him at ringside and she was frightened by the appearance of a wrestler named Boogeyman. Corelli says Boogeyman's makeup was melting under the hot lights which aggravated Cornette as the adult fans were laughing he was supposed to be a more intimidating character he thought I was laughing at the boogeyman but I was just watching my daughter and she was terrified Santino would say this was just a big misunderstanding however Cornette does not see it that way if you'd like to find out exactly what Cornette had to say about the interaction how he feels like it was more disrespect Dominic D'Angelo has this article trending right now over on wrestling Dominic D'Angelo is also writing in at this hour Let's talk a little bit more about Blood and Guts. As we said earlier in the show, the ratings are officially in for last night's Blood and Guts. Took up the whole second hour of AEW Dynamite, and it delivered for Tony Khan in the ratings. Once again, WrestleNomics released the numbers, and Dynamite came in with an average of 1,203,000, which is up 17% in total viewership from the prior week. Once again, the demos also showed a boost, and they were up 16% in total viewers as well. And they drew a .36 in the 18-49 demo. Now the demographic means that the number of Blood and Guts ranked number one on cable in the 18 to 49 demographic And it also means it placed number six in primetime broadcast category. Dynamite saw its highest total viewership since March 23rd When it had its highest 18 to 49 placement. Now the program was up considerably in comparison to last year. On the last episode of Blood and Guts it got 883,000 viewers. For more information on this, continue to follow Wrestling Inc. and Dominic Angelo is they will have more information on the analytics of everything that's going on in the world of AEW. Ross Berman is writing in at this hour, Logan Paul, YouTube sensation, has officially announced that he's signed with WWE. The Paul brothers take over all things combat sports and sports entertainment as it continues. Logan Paul took to Twitter today to announce that he's officially signed with WWE. Paul shared a photo of the contract signing at WWE headquarters, which was overseen by Triple H, and interim WWE chairwoman and CEO Stephanie McMahon. If you'd like to see that footage, you can cruise on over to Wrestling Inc. as they have that. Now, the YouTuber last appeared on WWE programming at Wrestlemania 38, where he teamed with The Miz to defeat Rey and Dominic Mysterio in a tag match. After the match, Miz drilled Paul into the canvas with a skull-crushing finale. Paul said during his signing that he'll be looking for revenge against The Miz, specifically SummerSlam, July 30th in Nashville, Tennessee. Miz appears to be acting as if nothing happened between him and Paul at the end of the Wrestlemania match. In a recent interview on WWE Raw, Miz called it a teaching moment, and that it's part of Paul's training. If you'd like to find out more about Logan Paul and everything he has to say about SummerSlam, The Miz, and joining the WWE Universe, Ross Berman has this article trending right now over at Wrestling Inc. Ross Berman also is talking a little Tony Schiavone. Tony Schiavone is now defending the number of championships that AEW has. The number of championships in All Elite Wrestling has reached what is colloquially known as a baker's dozen. Seven, seven AEW champions and six Ring of Honor champions. We've got some pretty good solid champions in place Tony Schiavone would say on this week's episode of AEW Unrestricted. I shouldn't even address this Tony continued saying every fan has their own opinion, but went on to ask AEW Aubrey Edwards, what do you think about how many titles we have? Shivani mentioned AEW recently bought the former Ring of Honor, and now there's the Ring of Honor Championship that's been added to the company, which they've now added an AEW All-Atlantic Championship, and answered his own question. Shivani said, I don't, and I like title matches. Edwards agreed and added that all the titles have history tied to them, noting that Pack, being the first All-Atlantic champion adds the prestige of his own reign. Edwards went on to praise Pack for staying in America for a few weeks at a time and away from his wife and that she feels that the title was a good way to reward his hard work and the time he's put in on the roster. If you'd like to read more about what Tony Schiavone and Aubrey Edwards had to say about the amount of championships that are now in AEW, read the article trending right now over on Wrestling Inc. Ross Berman's also writing in a this hour about Devon Dudley. Devon Dudley is helping the next generation of wrestlers do more than just get the tables. The multi time tag team champion has been a backstage producer in WWE ever since 2016. He took to social media to update his condition after getting back surgery in October. According to the Dudleys, the doctor fused his L4, L5, and L6 vertebrae in a successful surgery that unfortunately put an end to Dudley's entering career. Dudley said he returned to WWE on Tuesday, stating his new role in NXT is developed branding, he says he loves working with the talent. For more information on everything that is Devon Dudley, head on over to Wrestling Inc as they have all of the details regarding him and his great return. AEW dealing with COVID-19 issues again, Matthew Wilkinson's writing in at this hour, AEW is reportedly dealing with COVID-19 related issues right now with its talent according to Dave Meltzer and the latest Wrestling Observer Radio. Now while no names had been specifically mentioned, Tony Khan was apparently without a lot of names this week on AEW. Dynamite and the taping of Rampage due to issues surrounding COVID-19, and there are some reasons he did not announce a lot about it beforehand, which is something AEW typically does. It is currently unknown whether those who were affected by COVID-19 were involved in AEW New Japan Forbidden Door, or whether they will be available to compete on AEW Dynamite for next week. Everything about the show this week was put together late due to the fears of talent being unavailable. While some wrestlers may not have been able to attend this event this week, fortunately, the main event was... not affected outside of the injury to Brian Danielson. The 12-man announced for the match fit well and was able to compete inside the second blood in guts. Now, talk of COVID-19 has thankfully slowed down in the wrestling world and the issues are not being as prevalent as they used to be in the peak of the pandemic when promotions would often have to change and adapt on the fly. But the fact that wrestlers are still out there and competing with one another does still keep the possibility of contracting. If you'd like to find out more about all of this, Matthew Wilkinson has this article trending right now over on Wrestling Inc. Once again, if you're enjoying this podcast, it's a one-stop-shop podcast. You can get all of your daily wrestling news without having to go anywhere. Headlines is a podcast that's available to you on all major podcast platforms, and it's free. Let's go ahead and head back to the headlines. Let's talk a little Claudio Castanoli. He hints at two AEW stars that he would love to have matches with. Dominic D'Angelo is writing at this hour, Claudio Castanoli feels kid in a candy store. Now he's in AEW. The former Cesaro was surprised the wrestling world by being Brian Danielson's hand-picked mystery opponent against Zack Sabre Jr. at Sunday's Forbidden Door. Now, the newest member of the Blackpool Combat Club joined the post-show media scrum following the event and he was asked by managing editor Nick Halsman the short lists of people he'd like to face. He would go on to say, and I quote, I was so excited to share the ring with Zack Sabre Jr., Castanoli said. I wrestled him last time in 2009. There's just so many guys out there that I've known over the years. Orange Cassidy, for example, is one of them. We're not talking about one that yells and screams. No, not anymore and it's just who I am right now. And am I excited? Yeah, I definitely am. There are so many people that I'd like to have matches with. Now, he would go on to say he knows that injuries have really affected the AEW roster, but he did bring up names like Kenny Omega, The Cleaner. That would be a great one. He said they did wrestle back in 2008 in the Hammerstein Ballroom. So many other people that I would like to face as well. I'd like to face Brian Danielson. I'd like to face John Moxley. There's a lot of people I'd like to face. If you'd like to find out more about what Claudio had to say, Dominic D'Angelo has this article trending right now over on wrestling if you enjoy this continue to follow headlines it's your daily one-stop-shop podcast that is free of charge if you know a wrestling fan go ahead and tag them on social media and let them know that this is the podcast for you with that being said that is going to do it for this episode of headlines once again my name is Mike Freeland and we'll catch you on the next episode of headlines the world of-